Welcome to the Generic True Crime Podcast. All criminal cases mentioned in this podcast are real events. Hello. Hi. Welcome to Generic True Crime Podcast. I'm Nicole. And I'm Nick. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. It's a windy Sunday. It definitely is. A little chilly out. That's right. So for this week's podcast, I had actually reached out to my brother to give me some um, podcast ideas. I do have a younger brother, and he gave me... So the ideas that he gave me were um, Son of Sam, the Chicago Tyenol murders, and the Pixie Sticks murders, which I was actually very surprised by all of these because I didn't know... Like, all these cases are not super well-known, and... Especially, I mean, like, we live in Chicago, but I, I honestly have never heard of this, the Chicago Tylenol murders until maybe two years ago. But anywho, and I was also expecting my brother to give me some really old-timey murders because, like, my brother really loves history, which you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But, and then I realized, I'm like, okay, all these murders, like, they're all kind of old in their own way. like Pretty modern. Yeah, well, or not that they're not, they haven't happened in the last 20 years. Okay. And so I'm just like, oh, like, when I, when I saw 1980, you know, sometimes for you, is this this is is this the case for you? Like sometimes I'll think of like the nineties and I'm like, oh that was twenty years ago. It's like, no, it's not. <laughs> no. <laughs> and so I have a question for you. Yes. Um, when did you realize like that that you're getting old? <laughs> that I'm an old fart. That we're old farts. Oh my gosh. I've known this for so long. Um I'd have to say, well, I've never been one to really use slang words, but nowadays, like, just hearing, like, all the different, like, slang terms that are out there, I just think to myself, like, what the hell is that? What does that even mean? Why does that exist? And I just, I just feel like an old fart. I, yeah, some of the slang, I have no idea what they're talking about. That are going on TikTok. I yeah. feel old. <laughs> yeah, you, you go on TikTok, and I don't know why. I, I'm not on TikTok, because I know it's I'm It's entertaining. I know I'm old. And you, you send me the, the cute animal one, so it's okay. Yeah, I mainly go for the cute animal ones. No. Um, my moment when I realized I was old was when... So I worked at Goodwill through um, high school and college. Mm-hmm. And there was one time, I think I was 20, so I wasn't even that old. But No, I, that's still a baby. Yeah. And I was a baby. I wish I was 20 again. Mm-hmm. But we um, had this Barbie doll that I actually had maybe... 15 years before that and we labeled it as vintage and I'm like I'm not even 20 but okay You're like all right but I was 20 forgive me for that interesting vintage eh vintage hmm. so anyway um we are going to discuss the Chicago Tylenol murders that's right so the Chicago Tylenol murders were a series of poisoning deaths um due to drug tampering that happened in 1982 uh seven people and the result died from it and I believe there was quite a few copycat um, murders that took more lives as well from this happening. Right. Mm-hmm. So this all started on September 29th, 1982. The first victim, her um, name is Mary Kellerman. She was 12 years old and she was from Elk Grove Village. She um, suddenly passed away after consuming some extra strength Tylenol. She had told her parents earlier in the day that she wasn't feeling well. And they're like, okay, take some Tylenol because that's 
kind of what you would do if you're kind of, you know, not feeling the greatest. Yeah, for sure. I would definitely take one or an Advil if I didn't feel well. Mm -hmm. And then later on that same day, Adam Janis, forgive me if I'm pronouncing that right, he was 27. Um, He died after taking some Tylenol as well. He was from Arlington Heights. He died in the hospital after he was sent there from his reactions. People initially thought that he was having a heart attack. That's right. Um, it was, however, the case of cyanide poisoning from taking a Tylenol. Well, they didn't know that then. They'll find, they'll discover that. Yes, they'll discover that later. Um, so actually, not too, not too soon after that, his brother Stanley, age 25, and sister-in-law Teresa, age 19. So they were, she was already married at age 19? Yeah, that's really young. That is really young. Can yeah. you? I mean, when we, oh God, yeah, when I was nineteen, I was a little baby. If I married the person I was seeing when I was nineteen, we would be divorced. Yeah, yeah, I definitely can't see myself marrying the person I was with when I was nineteen. But hey, this happens. Definitely not. And they were from Lyle, which is actually right next door to us. Yes, that's right. Yeah. So, um, Stanley and Teresa. They actually went to Adam's home um, to help uh, comfort their loved ones over the death of Adam. And they actually developed a really throbbing headache each. So they decided to take one of Adam's Tylenols that he had. Um, Of course, unbeknownst to them, uh, they were all laced with cyanide poisoning. And Stanley, I believe, died that very same day in result. And Teresa died just two days later. So, over the next few days, um, three more deaths occurred. 35-year-old Mary McFarlane of Elmhurst, Illinois, 35-year-old Paula Prince of Chicago, and 27-year-old Mary Weiner of Winfield, Illinois, all passed away from ingesting Tylenol and in result of the cyanide poisoning. Um, in early October 1982, investigators were able to uh, make the connection between the poisoning deaths and Tylenol. And actually, McNeil Consumer Products, which is a subsidiary of Johnson & Johnson, manufactured the Tylenol. They took on an active role with the media to issue warnings and did a massive recall on more than 31 million bottles of Tylenol. Um, McNeil and Johnson & Johnson off- actually offered replacement capsules to those who turned in already purchased pills and actually offered a reward for anyone with information leading to the person or people behind these murders. I actually read, this part was kind of like so, so crazy to me. I read it, I think in Wikipedia, that they were, that people were taking like, have you ever seen it in movies and TV shows where someone's driving in a car and they have a speaker and they're just like yelling things through the speaker to like the town, the the people who live in the neighborhood? Like a megaphone? Yeah, like a megaphone. Mm-hmm. Well, so like, I think, I read that's what they did. Like they would take the streets of the, the um, towns that were affected, the area that was affected and mm-hmm. like warn people, do not take it. Interesting. That had to be so crazy. That's, that's, that is crazy. Definitely scary to experience because it's like, what, it, I don't know, if that was me, for example, I would just be freaking out like, oh my God, did I take any Tylenol? Like, mm-hmm. am I safe? Yeah, actually, so my, um our families are from this area. And my dad actually grew up not too far from this. And I had asked him, like, if you remember this, I was not alive in 1982, but he was. He was 19 and 20 around this time. And he was like, well, as a 19-year-old, I wasn't taking that much time and all, but I definitely remember it happening. Yeah. Well, good thing that, oh, sorry, guys, if you could hear Foster. I'm going to actually um, say he's now our fourth podcast host alongside with Roxy and he's, us. Yeah, he's more of our producer. He doesn't really say anything. <laughs> he's just kind of chilling there. That's right. 
So yeah, um, the case continued to be confusing to police and um, to Johnson Johnson as well. Um, however, Johnson and Johnson was able to establish that the cyanide lacing occurred after the cases left the factory. Uh, from what I read, it's been stated that um, the t different Tylenol bottles that resulted in the deaths came from different factories, so not just off from one. Mm -hmm. um, police suspected that someone must have taken the bottles off the shelves, tampered with them, and then returned them to the shelves. I actually have another, I, I have not seen this listed mm -hmm. in any website, but I have another theory that, like, what if it was the distributor? Oh, really? Because this was happening, I mean, like, this was happening with it, I mean, most of these suburbs are maybe 40 minutes, like, What do you mean by distributor? Like, Johnson & Johnson? No, 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 not Johnson & Johnson. Like, maybe, like, if there was, like, a truck driver or maybe someone who was oh. delivering it. I mean, I have not seen that listed, and I don't know if they looked into that, but... That would mean they all came from... No, I think that would rule out because of the fact that um, they came from different factories. Well, I was just thinking of, like... I doubt it'd be all the same truck driver. I was just thinking, like, what if... or maybe it was I mean, it's possible, yeah. No, because it was I mean, all in one area. No, yeah, for sure. I mean, it was definitely somebody in that, like, Chicagoland area. Oh, definitely. I don't think someone from, like, Oregon would have traveled to the Chicago suburbs. Do all these crimes. Yeah, but actually, now that you bring that up, um, if you want to dive into one of our main suspects, he was actually from New York. Yeah, so um, James William Lewis, he had sent a letter to Johnson & Johnson. He was offering to stop the murders if he had paid, if Johnson & Johnson had paid him $1 million, which I'm like, that's the stupidest idea. If that's like your way of trying to get a million, because it's like, it's saying that you're offering guilt. And then that money could be taken, like, that. you're not going to get that money. Well, yeah, because, uh, as I said, he did live in New York with his wife. Um, they completely ruled him out, saying um, there was no way he was in ties with these murders. Yeah, they were unable to link him to any of the murders. Yeah, they did, however, arrest him for extortion, and I believe he was sentenced to 13 years in prison. And then our, another sub, um, suspect was Ar Roger Arnold. And I couldn't find too much information about why he was thought to be a suspect, but um, I do know that he was investigated, but he was clear of the killings. Um, and he did not resp respond well to all the media, because, you know, there's going to be a lot of media, like, well, you know, this is a potential sub suspect in all these murders. He did not respond well to that, and he blamed it on a man named Marty Sinclair, and I don't know why he blamed it on this man. I couldn't find information on that either yeah i couldn't find anything um marty sinclair did own a bar so so maybe he, this man who owned a bar was just playing a lot of the news coverage in his bar and he didn't like that who knows but um arnold did shoot a man named john stanisha stanisha i apologize for that if i'm wrong so arnold thought that stanisha was actually sinclair um stanisha did die from that attack unfortunately and another suspect for us is Lori Dan. She um, was considered, um, she committed the 1988 school shooting at an elementary school in Winneka, um, but she was ruled out. Um, I don't know why she was ruled out. This, this woman is, um, she definitely has a history. If you listen to My Favorite Murder, I definitely suggest you listen to their episode on her. And our last sub su uh, excuse me, suspect is um, Ted Kaczynski, also known as the Unabomber. Uh, apparently, his parents, I believe, did reside in Lyle, Illinois? Lombard. Lombard, thank you. Um, Which is like in the middle of all these uh, suburbs. Yeah, so they had suspicions that it might have been him. It didn't, however, fit his M.O., um, so he was ruled out as a suspect. 
Okay, and then despite ongoing investigations, they have been investigating this since 1982, which that's almost 40 years. Um, but nothing has come up. Um, and now we do have um, a few accommodations because of this um, this thing. So now, um, you know, Tylenol, or most medications, um, there's seals on the bottles, which can you imagine a time where you can just like open a bottle and just... That's weird since, you know, we grew up with just always having like all these safety features on it. Yeah, we have uh, cotton in there. We have... Um, yeah, the, and the seals. And actually, um, I believe it... It took place like just six weeks after everything. Um, well, that was very quick response. Very, very quick to respond. Um, they started adding the safety um, seals on top, the cotton ball, the children safe um, um, lids. Yes. They also um, fixed the capsules because before this, the capsules were a lot easier to like. They were like two pieces. You could take them apart. You could put something in it. You can put That's it right. back together. And now, if the, if it is a capsule, it's actually they came out with a tablet which resembles like a capsule. Okay, it's just um, it's harder to tamper with, and mm-hmm. I guess if it is tampered with, it's very noticeable. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they also made tampering with medicine um a federal crime. That's right. Yes. So I have another question for you. So yes. these are called the Chicago Tylenol murders. Yeah. Only one of the deaths have taken place in Chicago. So <laughs> That's right. So for Mainly everyone, Chicago land, but So for everyone who doesn't know us, I am from the suburbs. Nick, I and Nicole, she is from Chicago, mm-hmm. and one of her pet peeves is when somebody from the suburbs is like, "I'm from Chicago." I don't know why, it just bothers me so much. I mean, I understand why it bothers you. I'm I like, just, "You're not from Chicago." It doesn't <laughs> For me, I'm just like, I mean, people have their reasons. No, I understand. I mean, the reason why you tell me, like, how it's just easier to say. Yeah, and if I'm talking to somebody from, like, Philadelphia, they're not going to give a shit what suburb I'm from. I guess. Um, eh, whatever. Yeah, so that's the Chicago Tylenol murders. You got anything else? I do not. Uh, what was your source for the week? Um, I used Wikipedia, and then I also used... Sorry, Go to Wikipedia. I used crimemuseum.org. Ah, oh, that was a good one, too. Yeah, I actually found some information on there, and I actually read a really great article from PBS.com. Nice. Yeah. All right, so anything else? Got nothing else. All right, so looks like we are done. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to the Generic True Crime Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify, as well as our Instagram at a generic underscore true underscore crime underscore podcast.